Hey guys, welcome back to the No Season 2 podcast. I'm your friend George. This is my pal Megan. We're talking about my so-called life. We got a pretty rad episode for this week's episode, episode 17, Betrayal. Before we get into, I think, one of my favorite episodes of this season. Megan, how are you doing? I'm good. I felt like I had an event. Well, not eventful. I mean, I went to the eye doctor. Shout out Dr. Cohen at Pearl Vision. She's amazing. The best eye doctor I've ever had. I went out to dinner on Friday and a cat got in the restaurant and had to be removed by a waitress. And he was being carried out and I started a clap and it was amazing. And I need a second because I have to call. (laughs) Just the power of editing. And also, I've been watching The Golden Bachelor and I've never watched The Bachelor at all. And I mean, spoiler alert, but when this airs, it'll be over. They got, he got rid of Ellen. And I was like, Gary, how could you do this to me? <laughs> I was like, you done fucked up, Gary, because Ellen was my pick. And now he's left with like, I don't know, three that I don't really like that much. So so I, I recorded all these episodes and I was meaning to watch it because I was like, oh, this should be compelling. <laughs> There's is. something about... Something about old people crying. Oh my God. Yeah, it gets me. Like, it just, I can't, I can't do that. Like, it's like an older man when he's like yeah. crying about his dead wife. Yeah, no, when, when it's like young people crying, I'm like, there, there, there aren't any stakes. Yeah. Because they're like 22. So when they're crying, I find it funny. Yeah. When it's like old people who are like in their 60s crying, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to watch that. That's, it's, uh, that's dark. It all feels very urgent because I mean, yeah. how many more years do these people years? have left? Yeah, sorry, so. to, sorry to get dark, but I mean, you know, I want the best for Gary. Unless I find out that he's like contributing to like Ron DeSantis's campaign, then in which case, <laughs> I mean, that then is in which true. case I'm done with you, Gary. But. Yeah, that is true. That that tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how how was your week? Um, I had the rare. Friday and Saturday off, which is like a recipe for disaster. Friday, I went to a party, the uh, Halloween party. I dressed up as, even though we're recording this in October, and this episode will probably air in January, I dressed up as uh, Coach Dion Sanders. Nice. Uh, Coach Prime. So that's part of the reason why in this video, I'm wearing a Colorado hat and Colorado sweatshirt, because this, this is my Halloween costume on Friday. I wasn't in it very long, so it's not like I'm sweating in it or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, it, was un- un- it was actually un seasonably warm this weekend which i didn't enjoy no i wasn't a fan not a huge fan i mean it was like 70 so i went out i went to a concert last night i saw this band called the nude party from uh north carolina very good it was at warsaw and i had it was saturday night so i went out on saturday and it was that was like the night to go out for halloween and i don't know if i can do saturday nights going out it's not my favorite thing in the world like every bar i went to was packed i because like i'm not socially awkward but i don't like crowds so i find myself drinking faster <laughs> Because I just want to leave. It's like, yeah. so like, it's, it's not my favorite thing in the world. But one of my friends, friend of a friend, my fr- I met out with my friend Chris and his girlfriend Justine and their friend dressed up as one of the best. I'm going to put this out there first. One of the best Halloween costumes I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Like a top, top three or four. Nobody will beat Wham from 15, 20 years ago that I saw these two girls dressed up as Wham. <laughs> Still one of my favorite costumes of all time. But to go along with our show, this person dressed up as Jared Leto <laughs> from the uh, the Met Gala when he wore the red dress, and then he had the the mannequin doll and the long That's hair. A, seems like a pretty intense costume to get together. I was <laughs> like, yo. <laughs> 
So when this episode airs, we got dropped that 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 image. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. It was I was like, damn, the the detail. <laughs> and what sucks, they weren't even in the top three like Halloween uh, Halloween costumes. I was like at this bar we, I was at. So was there like a contest going on? There was, yeah. The contest the contest was going on right as I got there. Were you at a high dive or no? I was at a I was in Greenpoint. My oh, okay. I was at the palace. Nice. The bartender, I don't know if he was actually dressing up or this was like, but they were, I want to say this is how they normally dress. They were Fred Durst. Oh, like Roland Fred Durst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> had, the, had the backwards hat, had the chin strap beard oh. and had the, uh, had the earrings in both ears. For and his I sake. Fred, I hope that's a costume. He was also wearing camouflage pants. And I was like, that's got to be a costume. But if not, did he just bring this look back? The backwards <laughs> hat with the, the white dudes with the chin strap beard? Please don't bring it back. That I'm look begging. is rough. I'm begging you. Please don't bring it back. That look was rough back then. I'm like, but yeah, this is what the, the bartender was at. So shout out to him for... <laughs> And I fell asleep on the couch when I got home. That's how you know it was a good night. Yeah, I was home by one thirty. I can't. I can't do the the kids and barbs. They're they're losing their cell phones. They're knocking over drinks. I can't. I can't fuck. With <laughs> so I'm an old man. Someone get grandpa back to the home. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, let's talk about this episode. Episode seventeen, betrayal. Original air date January twelfth, nineteen ninety five. Just some production notes. It's written by Mark Piznarski. Um, uh, he wrote Why Jordan Can't Read, Pressure, and Halloween, and mm-hmm. it's directed by Jill Gordon, who directed mm-hmm. Strangers in the House and the Halloween episode. So these are veterans of this of this TV show. There's a lot that happens in this episode. Yeah. Megan, take it away. I apologize. This is like a five-page long because <laughs> the episode I, was jam-packed. I, I, I watched the ending three times. <laughs> watch the episode twice. I watch the ending three times. So last week we ended the episode with Ricky showing up at Mr. Katimsky's apartment because he had no other place to go. And this week, the only callback to that happening is a brief mention that he's living with the teacher now. So if you were expecting that storyline to get built on or go somewhere in this episode, you're out of luck. We open with Angela in her bedroom giving a voiceover of how she is totally over Jordan Catalano, which Fake it till you make it is the undercurrent in this situation, I think. She blasts some music and dances around her bedroom. In the kitchen while she's eating breakfast, her voiceover tells us that it's like Jordan Catalano had been surgically removed from her soul. Whatever you need to tell yourself to get through the day. At school, auditions are happening for our town. And for some reason, Rayanne is auditioning. We know she has a flair for the dramatic, but I don't think we've ever gotten an inkling that she is one to participate in after-school activities or have the dedication to go to rehearsals every day. She's auditioning for the role of Emily, along with Absinia Churchill, who you'll remember was faking to be bad at math for a boy she liked. It seems like Angela has been encouraging Rayanne to audition, telling Ricky that last night Rayanne actually became Emily. And Rayanne says that she became Angela because Angela is like Emily in the sense that she is sweet and innocent. And it happens a few more times where she impersonates Angela and it's very fucking grating. Angela mentions that she has a dream about Corey Helfrich. You'll remember him from Life of Brian, where he wore a beret and Ricky wanted to go to the dance with him. And Corey's style has changed dramatically from that episode. Ricky, when he hears that Angela had a dream about him, Ricky's like, well, join the club. So he obviously still has a little crush on Corey. Mm-hmm. Angela goes out of her way to tell Rayanne and Ricky that she is over Jordan Catalano. Rayanne does her audition and it goes fine. I thought Absinia was better, but 
I'm not casting the play. Someone thought it would be a good idea to give Brian Krakow a camcorder to film things for a year-end video. Sharon is frazzled with her yearbook duties, but she has Delia to help her. Since Brian has this camcorder, we unfortunately get Brian point-of-view video shots. And while he is talking to Sharon about who and what he should be filming, he is zooming in on her chest. So he's gross and a creep. And this seems to be a pattern because previously he was peeping out his window at Angela in her bedroom. Back in the hallway, Rayanne is having doubts that she got the part of Emily, but Angela reassures her that she was great. Rayanne does another, let me impersonate Angela, and Ricky comes over and is like, why are you crying like Angela? And it's all very annoying. I can't tell you how annoyed I was with this with this little bit that she was doing. Corey Helfer comes over as Angela is describing her dream about him. We find out that he paints scenery for the drama club. Jordan is in the hallway and sees Angela and stops by his locker to keep looking at her. Angela, who, let me remind you again, is totally over him, starts to flirt with poor Corey while making sure to look at Jordan. Angela, who's not really paying attention to anything Corey is saying, says that she could help with painting scenery. At the Chase house, Patty and Graham are in the kitchen making dinner. The phone rings and Graham is like, if it's Hallie, I'm not here because he hasn't read the perspectives that she put together about the restaurant for investors. Patty makes Graham answer the phone anyway and it's Camille Chersky. She's doing a clothing drive for her church, which seems like a very Camille thing to do. After Patty hangs up, the phone rings again and this time it is Hallie, but Patty tells her that Graham is home, but he's in the shower. <laughs> Brian is at Louis trying to get footage for this year-end video. Louis appears to be an underage pool hall for like high schoolers. It was hard to hard to decipher that. Uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into Louis a little bit okay. later. <laughs> okay, good. Because I need it explained to me. Uh Brian is being annoying and filming people without their consent. Uh, he films Jordan leaning against a post and taking swigs of a beer and then hiding the bottle in his jacket. And is like, does he need to hide this bottle? He looks old enough to drink legally, and he might actually be because he's been held back multiple times. Rayanne is upset about the audition, thinking that she didn't do well, and pulls out a flask, and Ricky is annoyed and leaves. Rayanne and Jordan, the only two high schoolers drinking in here, spot each other and start talking. Brian is filming them as they leave together. So in the parking lot of Louis, Rayanne and Jordan are leaning against his car. Rayanne is drunk. She says as much. And Jordan asks her who she came with. Rayanne is like, if you mean Angela, she's not here, like usual. Jordan starts to ask Rayanne something, and Rayanne starts talking about this audition again and if I never have to hear about our town ever again, it'll be too soon. Rayanne talks about how Emily the character is just like Angela, that she's innocent but she doesn't know she's innocent. And Jordan agrees with her. He tries asking about Corey and says sometimes he feels like he knows Angela and then other times he feels like they're strangers. And I feel like they're probably closer to strangers than anything else because I can't imagine that he's ever asked Angela anything about sure. her. So this leads Jordan and Rayanne to drunkenly kiss and then they decide to get in the backseat of his car and have sex. And that's not even the crazy part. The crazy part is that Brian followed them out into the parking lot and is filming them. And when they get in the car, he zooms in on them and can and films. And is this a crime? I don't know. In 95, was this a crime? I'm not sure. The next day, Rayanne ignores Angela. Corey tells Angela that they'll be painting scenery after school and Ricky, who is also standing there, is like, sounds like fun. See you there. Jordan sees Rayanne near the bulletin board of our town and awkwardly asks her when she'll find out if she got the part. And the fact that he remembered this makes me think that these two should be dating. Uh, Rayanne is hungover and is like, I was so out of it last night. And they both seem like they're trying to minimize what happened. That night at the Chase house, Camille is there sorting through clothes with Patty. Hallie sh 
shows up because she's supposed to have a meeting with Graham. But the meeting is actually at her office. Patty invites her in and all the women are like, oh, I can never remember anything either. And it's like, you're 40. You should be able to remember where we're meeting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Graham calls the house and Hallie speaks to him on the phone and they sound a little too close for comfort for Camille, who is making a face the whole time. When Hallie leaves, Patty tells her that the four of them, Hallie, Brad, Graham, and Patty, should get, get together again. So it's obvious that Graham has still not told Patty that Brad kicked Hallie to the curb. After Hallie is gone, Patty is like, isn't she sweet? And Camille's like, oh, no. Uh, at school in the yearbook office, Sharon asks Brian for the videotape and he's like, I can't give it to you. And she's like, what's the problem? And we don't see it, but he either tells her or shows her the tape, which might also be a crime showing this tape. I'm not sure. I can't imagine that the quality of the footage is like great from like a camcorder from 1995, but whatever. In the bathroom, Sharon is having a crisis about whether or not she should tell Angela. She's thinking out loud with Delia, who can't get a word in. Sharon says, why did Brian Krakow have to witness this? And if Rayanne had to do this totally low life, disgusting thing, couldn't she have at least done it in private? And right as she says that, she bumps into Angela. In the hallway, Brian goes to Ricky and is stammering. And Ricky says, could you like pick a sentence and go with it? We don't see it. But Brian also tells Ricky and it's like, how many people is he going to fucking tell about this? It's it's getting out of control. Ricky is painting scenery for the play and Angela comes in and is like, you're not going to believe what Sharon told me. And then Ricky's like, <laughs> well, you're going to have to believe it because you're mm -hmm. in and Ryan had sense. So the next day, Angela shows up at Brian's house and we're given an image. <laughs> I could have gone my whole life without like ever wanting to see and it's Brian shirtless on his bed listening to music like air drumming and I'm just like so <laughs> grossed out I have like a visceral reaction to this she barges into his room and asks for the tape he says that she shouldn't see it and that it will just make her feel worse which I hate agreeing with Brian but that's probably an accurate assessment absolutely we get a scene of Angela avoiding Rayanne and then we get a Rayanne sharing confrontation in the bathroom. Rayanne is like, you must be pretty happy that I went and fucked this up. And Sharon says she's not happy that someone got hurt. Rayanne tries to unsuccessfully shift the blame of Angela not talking to her to Sharon. And Sharon is like, this is what you do when you're someone's friend. You brought this on yourself. So maybe this is our confirmation of what happened with Jody Barge. We get yeah. a Graham and Hallie scene, which I didn't need. They're meeting at a bar and Hallie brings in her own Chinese food. And she chews like she was raised in a barn. It's like really off-putting. Graham is annoyed that she's late and she's annoyed that every time she has a conversation with him, she feels like it's the first one. She tries feeding him a few times, which is weird. Graham says she's a real pain in the ass and she says that he could drive a sane person crazy. Mm -hmm. Rayanne shows up at Angela's house, but Angela is not there. Patty invites her in and Rayanne tells her that something horrible happened, that she had sex with Jordan. She said she would never have done it, but Angela said she was over him, which ladies don't believe your friend when they say they're over someone and it's been like two weeks and they've been pining after him for like months. Mm -hmm. Rayanne is like, you must hate me. And Patty says she doesn't hate her, but she can understand how Angela feels. Rayanne says she has never hurt somebody this badly. Jody Barsh has entered the chat, folks. But if she did, it must mean that Angela really cares about her. She leaves and tells Patty to tell Angela that she was not there. Mm -hmm. At school, Jordan goes up to Brian and Brian pulls the videotape out of his backpack and is like, here it is, take it. And he's like pulling the rib the tape ribbon out of this. And Jordan is like, what? I just wanted to see if we could cancel our tutoring session today. Rayanne tries to talk to Ricky, asking how long him and Angela are going to give her the silent treatment. And Ricky's like, what did you think was going to happen? And Rayanne is like, she didn't even hear my side. 
And it's like, what other side is there to this? Ricky walks away annoyed. In the bathroom, Ricky finds Angela hiding in a corner. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? Angela says she can't believe that they would do that to her, that she could kill both of them with her bare hands. Ricky tells Angela that she can't let their actions control her and that she has to lead her own life. Angela takes that to mean that she should act insane and be like, mm-hmm. you can play this game. They think I'm some innocent little twit. I'll show them. And Ricky is like, <laughs> and so in the hallway, they've posted the cast list for our town. And it turns right, turns out Rand got the part of Emily. She tries to flag down Angela to tell her she got it, but Angela ignores her. At the Chase house, Camille is there and is like, I heard Ryan and Angela aren't talking, trying to get the gossip from Patty. Patty pretends like she hasn't heard anything. And then Patty tells Camille that Graham and Hallie got the lease for the restaurant. And Camille is like, I don't like her. Patty reminds her that Hallie has a fiance. And I will remind you that she does not. And that Graham and Hallie just get along. And Camille says, well, that's good because if they fight, you know, there's passion there. And Patty says, that's just not the situation in my humble opinion. But you can tell that she's suspicious. Oh, totally. <laughs> At school, Jordan tries to return a pen to Angela and she's like, I don't want it. And he's like, you lent it to me. And then he says, if it's not yours, then give it back. And then Angela says no and throws it in the trash. And this is why 15 year olds should not date, especially when one of them might be like 21. Mm-hmm. Angela does some Rayanne cosplay and goes into the drama department and asks to talk to Corey for a second and is like, do you have anything to drink? And Corey is so confused and it's like you drink and Angela pulls a Britney and is like I'm not so innocent and tries to kiss Corey and Corey is like what the fuck and Angela screams is there something wrong with me and Corey's probably thinking yes but he says no and Angela's like can we just get drunk or something and then Rayanne is suddenly there and she says what's wrong with you you don't drink Angela tells her to get away from her and poor Corey just like poor poor Corey leaves and I think grateful to get out of get out of whatever situation is happening. Rayanne tells Angela that she got the part and Angela tells her that she's over it and doesn't care. And then we get this exchange. Rayanne says, you're not the only one that got hurt. Angela, well, forgive me if I can't feel sorry for you. Rayanne says, you lost nothing, Angela. You lost a lousy, selfish friend, a guy you never really had. You lost nothing. I lost a really good friend. I lost everything. Angela tries to continue this pity party with Ricky and Ricky says that he's glad Rayanne got the part and and Angela's like whose side are you on and he says I'm on your side and explains to Angela that Rayanne has partly wanted to be her and hooking up with Jordan was a weird way to fulfill that but that he's on Angela's side and then he asks her why she is making this big play for Corey when she knows how he feels about him and Angela says I thought you were over him and I think there is also some subtext here that Ricky can't have him because Corey is not into guys. Mm-hmm. And then he says, but guess how I felt when you started going after him? And Angela is like, I don't need to guess. And it's like, yeah, dipshit. Back at the Chase house, Patty tells Graham that she found out why Angela and Rayanne haven't been speaking. And Graham is like, that's really low. And Patty says, it's not like Jordan and Angela were officially together. And Graham, exhibiting more knowledge of girl code than husband code, is like, 
Well, that's not the point. What kind of insensitive, self-centered, you know, and Patty cuts him off and is like, I fucked Camille's crush in college. Luckily, Camille had the heart to forgive me. And then Graham starts complaining about Hallie. And after what Camille said about people fighting, she looks more suspicious that there might be something going on between them. So the last scene is a rehearsal for our town. One of the people in the play had to leave because she wasn't allowed to rehearse this late. So Mr. Katinsky has Angela fill in. He tells him to stop acting, that there's no need for it because this character Emily is dead. Her life is over. Everything she had is gone. That she's just now realizing how precious every moment is and that she should have appreciated it while she had it. They're really beating us over the head with this, with this imagery and uh, the parallel storylines. He has Rayanne start from the top and we end with this scene from our town. Rayanne, I can't go on. It goes so fast. We don't have time to look at one another. I didn't realize. So all that was going on and we never noticed. Take me back. Back to the hill. To my grave. But first, wait. One last look. Goodbye. Goodbye, world. Goodbye, Grover's Corners. Mama and Papa. Goodbye to clocks ticking. Do any human beings ever realize life while they live it? Every minute? Absinia. No. Saints and poets, maybe they do so. Rayanne, I'm ready to go back. Angela, crying, chin trembling. Were you happy? Rayanne, no, I should have listened to you, but that's all human beings are, just blind people. And then Rayanne turns and walks away, and then Angela turns the other way and exits. And that is betrayal. Megan, everybody. <laughs> that was that was fantastic. Oh, that episode. A lot going on. So, I mean, we got a lot to talk about here. Let's actually start from the very, very, very beginning. But before I get into the very beginning, what did you think of this as an episode of TV? I liked this episode. I thought it was a really good episode. I wasn't a fan that, like, I mean, I get it's like episodic television. And sometimes mm-hmm. you, you start a storyline, you skip it for an episode, and then you, like, go back to it. But I was kind of hoping to get a little bit more Ricky stuff. Mm-hmm. But since this episode was, like, chock full of content, it made it better. Although you could have replaced, like, a Hallie Graham scene, like a Ricky, like a Ricky stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, maybe we got we got just enough of that that I kind of want to know what what happens with them just for like a moment. But yeah. as far as an episode of this, this show goes, I think it's got to be in the top three. Yeah. Uh, if not the best episode. I mean, the way it opens now, we start we usually do the categories kind of at the end. But this opens with with probably one of the biggest bangers that we've had as far as needle drops. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Violent Femmes, Blister in the Sun. The Violent Femmes is it's an interesting band because they're that song. And that album is actually from the 80s, but most people think of them as a 90s band. Hmm. But I guess they didn't get their footing until the song appears in this show or appears in Curse Point Blank or um, Reality Bites. Yeah, he sings uh, Kiss Off, the Troy mm-hmm. character, very similar to our, our Jordan Carolina. It's from the self-titled album. But oddly enough, Megan, I got some for you. A prop. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> it's the cassette, folks. It's I the got cassette. the cassette of the original, the, the first five pins. Uh, yeah, no, so it was like, as far as you know, drops goes. There isn't one that's better than this one. Because yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's not we saw. Well, and yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we said so far, but it it opens with that. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, so, in the Sun, which is forever and ever and ever. I thought that song was about masturbation. <laughs> um, uh, it's actually about drugs. In fact, the lead singer. Somebody asked him about it, and he was like, "Oh, I never knew that people were actually thought this song is about. It's actually about drug use." And I was like, "Huh? Yeah." Well, so when I did a deep dive of Blister in the Sun, I was like, "Can you imagine being the person that asked that?" <laughs> the song's about whacking it, right? <laughs> then they're like, no, it's about drug use. It's about drug use, you dipshit. What's wrong with you? <laughs> 
Yeah, no, so like it, it opens with that little blister sun. So shout out to the Violent Femmes for running. It's a, a tremendous song and one of the best episodes of this show. We get some uh, we get some characters that we've seen before they come back. We get, whether well, it's Sin Churchill, Delia's in it for a second. Corey's got his little, little storyline. Camille's in it for a couple of scenes. So it's kind of rad to see these people we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And a few episodes have their, have their moments to shine. I'm going to skip around a little bit. The Our Town stuff. What did you think of Ran as an actor? She was as good as I would expect a high schooler to be mm-hmm. auditioning for a school play. So Our Town, which is a which is three act play by Thornton Wilder, it's described as like one of the greatest American plays of all time. I think it, it was 1938. Is what I have in my notes. Anyway, Emily Webb, the character that Rand is auditioning for and ultimately gets, is one of the one of the major parts in the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just it's just a play about the everyday lives of these people from uh, Rose Corners from 1901 to 1913. So it starts Emily's a as a kid getting married and into death so it's one of the biggest parts if not the biggest part in the play and Iran Graf got it so I don't think that she could commit to showing up every day I mean she's portrayed as this mess yeah I can't imagine her being making it to auditions but who knows Mr. Katimsky's like a miracle worker it seems like possibly Possibly. So maybe he uh, was able to turn Rayanne's life around. I mean, as an actor, I thought I thought she was very good. That's a big scene in the in the in the play. So I think it's towards the end, it's, which is fun. That's just like towards Who the end. Who was better, the me or Rayanne? <laughs> you were quite good. You put me right there in the scene. I've actually never seen Our Town, so you kind of put me right there in it. So shout out to you, Megan, for 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 doing all right. The um, I've got some issues with it's kind of just a, a real weird nitpick. I feel like the school seems to be underfunded in some areas. The bathroom? <laughs> yes. But yet they have a camcorder yeah. for this full of videotape. That just seems weird, right? In the... I think in a lot of teen shows from like the 90s, there's like a camcorder yearbook type thing. Like I'm pretty sure Saved by the Bell does it. 90210 definitely does it. So like when I was in high school in 2000s, there was no camcorder end of year video yearbook type thing. But also, like you said, like the bathroom is just like yeah, totally wrecked. It's just <laughs> like, destroyed. Like it looks like an abandoned bathroom and in like an abandoned warehouse but we have brian walking around allowed to take this camera off school property correct Correct. which and show like underage drinking i just think i think a camera would have would have been would have sufficed it was like i think i would have because you already had one we've already seen him with a camera and uh so i mentioned during your your synopsis uh louis is the place that he takes the footage of uh them hanging out drinking Mm -hmm. and Ultimately, Rand and Jordan hooking it up. Uh, I'm assuming it's based on a place called Bar Louis, which is in Pittsburgh. So okay. it's, a, it's a chain of bars. And it's the original gastropub is what they say on their website. Okay. So, so it's definitely but, something that's been around for drinking. But it's for teens? I didn't get that far. I, that's, a, that's not something you advertise. Because <laughs> like no but one I, else was drinking except for like Rayanne, who brought her own flask, and Jordan, who I don't know where he got the bottle of beer from. But was hiding it, so it makes me think it wasn't. So it's, there. it's definitely a real place, Bar Louis. It's definitely a real yeah. place. So I'm, just, I'm thinking it's like it's where I guess like you would go to hang out, but like necessarily the fact that she had a flask and he was hiding his beer makes me think it's like a drinking is not something that they they would that they want there. I remember going to places in high school, being underage, and getting a beer. I guess you can do that in like a bigger town. 
you can you can do that in a bigger town. So shout out to Bar Louie and, and uh, Pittsburgh uh, PA. Which we don't think in real life had underage drinking. Probably not. But in the nineties, you don't know. I mean, Jordan <laughs> looks like he's fucking forty I mean, years he, old. He so. looked old enough that he didn't need to like hide this beer. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like if I weird. saw him with the beer, I'd be like, oh, he's old enough to drink. I see like some crow's feet. And, like, a yeah, no, it was weird. <laughs> Come on. The yeah, no, I was. I'm always tickled and honestly kind of annoyed of whenever I see Rayanne bust out that flask because <laughs> it's 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 so old timey. Like uh, I didn't you have. Think it's I, like a family heirloom. Yeah, I know, right? I had a fla- I got a flask um, for a because I was a groomsman mm. in somebody's wedding when I was in my twenties, mm. and that thing lasted for I don't know maybe like a month before I lost it. <laughs> But yeah, no, it just seems very like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that resolution of stop drinking for real this time is not going well for real. No, I mean it, it seems like we're our one of our least favorite characters and she's a tough hang this week, of course, is is Ryan and I guess the drinking is now now it's back on and we're we're getting it done. <laughs> So, what do you think I she puts know. in the flask? I have that in my nose. I actually think it's bourbon mm. because it, again, it's like a teenager drinking drinking out of a flask. I just can you put like vodka in a flask? People do. I mean, I wouldn't. That's not something I would drink like straight. I've seen people do it though, which is kind of gross. <laughs> uh, can I get a shot of gin? That's just like no, that's just <laughs> like you want some. You want some trying to cranberry juice. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So my guess would be bourbon. Yeah, I actually have that in my nose. Like, what do you think? Maybe she put some like Bartles and James. And- Possibly. They're getting <laughs> they're, they're teenagers getting trucked. So it's like it didn't take much. And this is a school night too, because like she's hung over the next day at school. My head is just pounding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like how much this, is in the flask? How much is in that flask? This is an odd question. Okay. I'm glad you brought up the the legality of filming someone. How far do you think he'd get into before he turned the tape off? <laughs> like two pounds. That That's illegal. But- <laughs> Like, shouldn't be filming that. Because that is illegal, by the way. I couldn't tell. Like, I don't know. Our laws are weird here in America. Yeah. Um, for these kinds of things. So it's, like, hard to say. Like, the distribution of it. <laughs> Again, like, the quality of the footage. Like, we're right. filming it is, is bad in general. It is bad. When does American Pie come out? Because that was also illegal and... <laughs> Playing for laughs, like ninety something. Like I think 90s. it's ninety nine. I want to say it's ninety nine, and this is just four, five years before that. So, but then if he's like showing people, like showing Sharon, and then like, does he show Ricky or does he just tell Ricky? I'm I'm hoping he doesn't show anybody because. Uh, Do you think he was watching it at home because he brought the tape home and he, he had a TV up. in his bedroom? Yes, he, he is with his shirt off when you when you see him. <laughs> <laughs> He might be listening to Blister in the Sun before. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we find out that song is not about masturbation, so he's not. He's not masturbating to Blister in the Sun. Yeah, I, I, I want to say I don't know. Good job. I do like the fact that like when it goes into the car, they cut to him and he's not filming anymore. But you so can like, the camera back on. Uh, please, please don't put that thought in my head. I'm hoping he did not. I mean, this is, this is 
a teenage boy that sat at his window with a camera and a telephone lens. Very true. Looking into Angela's bedroom. This is also Uh, a boy who had the camera and was zooming in on Sharon's chest. And he had been creeping on other girls in the school with the camera too, like the a regular camera. So Oh, uh, you're right. <laughs> Shit. All right. I try to, I want to be positive. But Is this a feature length film that he. This is a fucking asshole, <laughs> man. <laughs> Krakow just ruined it for me. Uh... Well, we're gonna, let's, let's go and touch on the uh, some of the other things that we, we've seen this episode. Let's go and talk about Hallie and, and Graham. Mm-hmm. Of course, I don't find this all that compelling considering we had a lot from the kids. Yeah, but I will continue to to, to watch watch it. What do you think of this storyline in the show? And, and I guess like as far as like a one to ten of like how interested are you would be seeing? Because again, we are two episodes away from being at the end. It's like how much more would you want to watch of this? Hal and Graham, we're opening a restaurant. We may not open a restaurant. Uh, maybe like a six. Yeah, maybe a six. I don't. <sighs> uh, so. I find Hallie annoying. Sure. Her character is annoying. And how she's playing the character is annoying. And we're so far removed from, like, the first, second episodes where Graham is considering cheating on Patty with some Mm -hmm. woman that he met. Right. Wherever. That this, like, he went all this, (laughs) he went all this time, like, but the idea of, like, but then they're, like, bringing it back up. With, like, Camille bringing it up and, like, making Patty more suspicious. And then, like, Hallie trying to, like, feed Graham. Yeah, that was weird. There is, of course, that moment in which, like, um, Hallie realizes that, I mean, she's clearly into Graham. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a moment in which she probably, maybe I read a little too far into this, is like that she realized that Graham might be also into her mm-hmm. when she finds out that Graham has not told Patty yeah. mm-hmm. that the Brad has called the wedding off. Yeah, which, good for Brad. I know, it was like, I was my big winner last week. Um, uh, I think <laughs> that's a good bit of information to to know for the viewer that's like, oh, wait a second, I was like, there might be something else here because he hasn't yeah. told his wife that his business partner, who clearly is into him, is not, is not getting married anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Patty makes it a point to tell Camilla, she's like, oh no, she's, she's engaged. Yes. So. Which... Mm. It's got my interest, for sure. Part of me is like, just fucking get to it. There's that. Like, just just get to it. Like, I'm not opposed to, like, watching, like, this restaurant storyline. Like, I'm not, a, like, 100% opposed to it. But, like, can we just, like, speed up the cheating on if this is where we're going? Can we speed it up? <laughs> when we get to the end of this uh, the show, that'll be something I want us to, uh, to, you and I to get into as far as, like, if you and I had to give it, it's like, if there was a season two, part of the reason we started this podcast is, like, what storyline would that be? Mm-hmm. Or what you'd want to, or, like, not want to see, but what you think would have happened there had to been a season two of the show. Yeah. We'll get into that in a, in a few weeks. There is, of course, a glaring big loser in this episode. Now we gotta. We actually, I mean, there's losers. I mean, it's like two to ten. You know, just to say. Um, uh, let's go ahead and get into. Uh, actually, no. I'll, we'll put a pin in that. Let's talk about outfits because we had some bangers in this in this episode. Ricky, of course, is you and I's favorite character on the yeah. show. We make no bones about it. The cardigan game in this episode. I think it works three different ones. It's a plus. Yeah. But we can't choose Ricky every week because that would be come on. 
It's just, we got we got we got we got we got to spread this around. So, what was your favorite fit? Um, so I actually chose Sharon. Oh, uh, she was wearing like a bright blue, like fuzzy sweater, and then overalls, and she had like a matching like blue scrunchie. And I'm not necessarily a fan of overalls because I tried it once and I looked like a farmer. Um, <laughs> but I really liked that blue sweater. And those like oversized overalls. I thought that outfit was like really good. I think so. I have that too as my favorite <laughs> outfit. I think this was like a very, very kind of sexy Sharon episode. <laughs> some clothes alone because I like that outfit too. I also like Dio's uh, overalls. But I also like Sharon's vest uh, over the pink sweater later on in the episode mm, too. Yeah. I thought like Sharon was actually kind of killing it in a nerdy kind of way. Yeah. And I think what it was is like, because like she's only in it for like two scenes and those two scenes or three scenes and those three scenes, she's just killing it. And I think that's the reason why like I enjoyed the, what she's wearing is because the performance was also dope. Mm -hmm. Like the three scenes that she's in, she's really, that actor's really, really, really good at it. So yeah, Sharon was like, uh, was definitely my favorite fit as well. All right, Megan, we got to do it. I always like to, to finish with something good. So let's, let's do the bad. Who's your big loser? So this might be surprising, but I actually think that Angela and Brian are the biggest losers in this episode. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Listeners, I'm shaking my head going, what? <laughs> wow. Not to minimize what happened to Angela. Like, it's shitty that Rayan and Jordan are shitty. But hello, they're Rayanne and Jordan. Like, we know he's an idiot. We know she's a drunk. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like expected behavior. It's bound to happen. Brian, for filming, for following them out and filming, and then That's like tough. zooming in on Sharon's chest. It's tough. Loser. Angela because what she's doing to Ricky and not having like any kind of like hello moment that she's doing like she was hurting Ricky kind of in the same way until like Ricky points it out yeah until he points it out and like to also what she's doing to Corey poor Corey who's like yeah what's happening yeah he didn't know he didn't know which way was up he was like what's wrong with you (laughs) yeah so Brian and Angela even though Ryan and Jordan are terrible. Brian and Angela were acting pretty gross and annoying yeah. and hard to stomach. <laughs> It's not my favorite. It's funny that, like, I also didn't choose Rand and Jordan because, I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? There's, there's, right? There's, he's, he's an idiot. She drinks too much. Yeah. It was it was probably going to happen anyway. Just if not now, then sometime down the road and mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, my big loser is very specific. And I think what it is is because I've worked in bars and restaurants since I was, like, 21 years old. I'm 45, listeners. Yeah. What's up? My big loser is Hallie. Yeah. <laughs> First off, to show up in a place with Chinese food at a place where they serve food. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught this. So I started watching this episode yesterday on my way to Greenpoint. So I'm watching it on my phone. And then I watched it again a little bit when I got home, a little cross-eyed. I'm not going to lie, a little drunk. <laughs> and I watched it again this morning, watching the, the ending three times. But one of the things that I noticed, I don't know if you noticed, is when she's talking about the food mm-hmm. at the place that they're, that she meets Graham at. Yeah. Did you see the bartender give her like this weird look? Yeah, yes. Because like, she said, like, this place is nothing but blood sausage and scrapple. Yeah. And then the the bartender's like, the fuck? (laughs) 
basically he shot her like, you don't have to eat her, bitch. It was like, this is like, what yeah. are you doing? And I just, and I felt every moment of that bartender, like being a bartender, I've been, I've been like, so you don't have to be here. Yeah. Also, this should also, be a red flag. Food. <laughs> this should be a red flag for Graham, who's opening up a restaurant with this woman. It's like, are you going to be okay with if somebody's coming as like a group and one of the, one of the people doesn't think your food's great. So they're bringing some like McDonald's into your restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Somebody tried to bring in their own food the other night when I was working and like the the laser beams that was shooting out of my eye was was like, was I could have killed them. I was like, it was just like, it was like, we serve food. food. We serve food. I can understand like bars that don't serve food that like welcome people bringing in their own food. But when a bar has a menu that is not like chips, bags of chips and like a Slim Jim. Exactly. I did like a full body. I, I was like, I don't know what to do with this hatred that I have for this woman <laughs> who I don't even know but also what do you think she was eating was that it tofu looked a, that looked a mess what that it was, was like, looked a mess and she's like chewing like yeah no, it's like, like I'm gonna like punch this woman if she continues to chew like this yeah no it was it was brutal on many many levels Ran and I'm not gonna give them a pass Ran and, and Jordan but Hallie was yeah. driving me crazy so but a big loser for this week is Hallie now like I always like to do Megan We've done the bad. Let's give out some good. Let's let's give these goods to some people. Who's your big winner? Um, so my big winners are Sharon and Ricky. Oh. Because Ricky Ricky knows what Rayanne did was wrong, but mm-hmm. he's also like trying he's trying to help Angela, even though Angela's acting kind of like a bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> with like the whole Corey situation. And he gets her to like understand kind of like the situation. And then Sharon for telling Angela and like kind of standing up to Rayanne mm-hmm. when Rayanne tries to be like, oh, she wouldn't be mad at me if you hadn't have told her. And it's like, well, I wouldn't have to tell her if you hadn't fucked Jordan. So right. Sharon, strong Sharon performance, strong Ricky performance. Uh, I totally agree. And they're really only in it for a couple of minutes. Yeah. And they're both there. They, they both destroy it. It's funny because my big loser is this one person. My big winner <laughs> is also only in it for a couple of scenes. And she is throwing heaters all over the place. And the camera does a really good job of like showing her reactions in the two scenes that she's in. I also love the, both the outfits that she's wearing. Uh, and that's Camille. I like the jean shirt. That joint was <laughs> hot. But I also like the shirt with that. I forget what that shirt was called, but it's like hat button. And then she's also got the flannel shirt around the waist Mm -hmm. so that is everything about camille because camille knew knew what time it was yeah with hallie Metallic is like, it's like, I don't trust that bitch. It's like what she's basically telling, it's like yeah. telling, uh, telling Patty. It was like, and the story she tells is like, yeah, the, it's like the moment that like that one friend knew that they were, yeah. that her husband was cheating. It was when he was fighting with a secretary. I mean, Camille it was, was a, is a star in this episode. <laughs> when Graham calls the house, knowing that Hallie is there, mm-hmm. and then Hallie goes, Patty, Graham wants to know if there's anything you need. And Camille's like, I'm not going to touch that one. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> now, Camille, Camille was a was a was a big winner for me this episode. It's it's just it's amazing that like uh, I wonder if what if that actor knows that was like I'm gonna steal this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's like there was like there's all these stories about like Steve McQueen when he first started out made it a point to be so distracting to Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner was like, "What the fuck, man?" And I think this I think this actor playing Camille is like, "Clear out! I got this." Like I'm only in it for two seasons. I'm gonna yeah. make. I'm, I'm gonna just kill it. So I just loved loved that performance this week. A good pick. Uh, do love me some Camille. Megan, it's uh, sad but true. We've got two episodes left of my so-called life. 
What are your predictions going forward for the last two episodes? Well, I think we're going to get like an Angela and Rayanne makeup, right? Or some semblance of it. I think and then Camille, a, Camille telling that story. I'm sorry, uh, Patty telling that story makes me think that yes. And I think we're going to get like a Jordan trying to like get Angela back. Uh, I think so too. I also would love for them to put put a button or maybe a or button, put a bow on the storyline of uh, of Ricky. Yeah, I'd, I would because, like some closure. <laughs> because uh, isn't that, I don't know, if work got up that that was happening and... For you can't just like have that kind of storyline and then abandon it. Especially because like we are given, we're given like a bit of information that like um, that could railroad this this teacher's career. Yeah. The fact that we yeah. haven't that we we haven't like especially uh, since like the the first episode that the teacher was in, we talked about it. How like that one teacher looked at him funny, like after right. she was like trying to like flirt with him, and then he was right. like. <laughs> so oblivious and she saw him with ricky and she was like looking weird at him right right so i don't know we it's i don't know i would be shocked in the last two episodes we don't get something going on with this because uh this is a that's a big deal you don't just just put that out there and go sorry guys (laughs) fooled you yeah yeah it was like you thought we're gonna talk about some issues on this fucking show no no and that, and that was a hot button issue in the 90s. It was like the home lives of like uh, the, the people that teach your students, whether or not that was like something that needs to be addressed, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, which is bullshit. But as, and you and I both agree with that. But like it's but it's something that was that people talked about for sure. Yeah. I lived with two teachers. My parents were teachers and home life was boring. And like, yeah. Well, <laughs> but they did, they did you get picked up off the street? <laughs> What if I was like, yes, actually, I did. <laughs> I was brought to you by the stork. Um, <laughs> that's currently off the street. Um, uh, Megan, do you have anything else for to talk about in this uh, betrayal? This is a lot of notes that I have in here. but I, I feel like one thing that's just like a, a I don't know, a light, funny little. <laughs> it's like Corey's style is so different from his introduction. The Life of Brian episode where he's wearing like a beret and like a scarf, glasses. I'm pretty sure he was wearing like round glasses and like sneakers that he had painted. And now he's just like kind of average dressed, like just a just a teenage boy outfit. And I thought it was like a strange. It's a beret is something that you think about. You don't just like put on a beret and then abandon it, right? Right. The. <sighs> <laughs> it's I think what they're trying to do is like they're trying to show him like be like a more straight. Yes. <laughs> and that's unfortunate that like as like that's what yes, they're trying to show him be a little bit more, I guess like more heterosexual. To really hit at home that Ricky could not be that Ricky could not have this dude. And I and I think that's a poor choice. Corey would be lucky yeah. to be with Ricky or to have and lucky to have someone like Ricky even interested in him. Right. Yeah, so. no, it's like um, I hate that there's only like two dudes that go to the school. <laughs> like, really there's, there's three. Three. Oh well, yeah. One's a pervert, one's an idiot, and one is artsy fartsy. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's like it's yeah, there should be more people that go to the school. You would think. Yeah, yeah, it's just like <laughs> Was a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong here? No, you're not wrong. Um, uh, there is. I have been watching the morning show. God, not again, the morning show. <laughs> the morning show, and uh, it's funny watching him as like 
one of our least favorite characters on the show, mm-hmm. uh, Graham, which is played by, uh, brilliantly played by Tom Irwin. Tom Irwin's a really good actor. But uh, Tom Irwin is like the new big bad in the season in season three. Mm. Like he's like the new evil guy. You're like, oh, Jesus, this guy. It's like, did, did Graham graduate become like, uh, become Tom, like this character uh, that's like evil? Anyway, but like I'm wrapping up season three of The Morning Show and Tom Irwin is back. Mm. Well, <laughs> Well, listeners, that has been episode 17, Betrayal. Uh, we got two more to go, and we're glad you guys are hanging out with us. I've been George. I've been Megan. And we'll see you all next week. 